0: Liz Corey and I'm Katie King and this is True True Crime New England Case Profiles Edition. Hello welcome back to another mini episode. We are so happy to have you here on such important episodes for our Case Profile mini series that means so much to us. Yeah,
1: if you guys are not familiar with our mini episodes, our case profiles, it is where we tell each other and you guys, of course, about cases of people of color based in New England who just did not get the same media coverage, media attention, and attention from law enforcement. And as a result of that, most of the cases we cover, not all of them, but most of the cases we cover on our mini episodes are unfortunately unsolved. We cover cases of people who have been murdered, missing, abducted, mysterious deaths, etc. And we find that it is very important to get these cases out there. And the way that we do it is Liz will tell you guys as well as myself about a case that she has researched separately. I will do the same. So any exclamations, any, wow, oh shit, that's crazy. No way. Any gasps. Anything that you hear is genuine because we genuinely are hearing this for the first time with you
0: guys. Absolutely. And... Because you went first last week, Katie, and it's an even number. This week, I will be beginning the episode with my story, which has some twists, it has some turns, and actually, it's solved. <gasps> wow! My case last time was also solved, so this doesn't happen all that often. So strap in, everybody. We love a complete story. Mm-hmm. My sources today, I have four very interesting. I use mass.gov. I use wwlp. I used the Berkshire Edge and I use the Berkshire's Daily Voice. I'm going to be telling you guys today, Katie and our lovely listeners, about the murder of Jaden Christopher Salois. I am pronouncing his name phonetically because I'm unsure how to correctly pronounce it. I looked for the pronunciation and it left me with nothing. So here we go. On January 20th, 2019, in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, the police were called to a home on Edward Avenue with reports of a possible gunshot victim. The call came in just after two in the morning. When officers arrived, they found the body of 18-year-old Jaden Christopher Salois, who lived in Dalton, Massachusetts, And he had a single gunshot wound to his head. Very sad. So young. Obviously, as I just said, Jaden lived in Dalton. So what was he doing at this Pittsfield home so early in the morning? And did that have anything to do with his death? Right. Fair questions. Easy questions. So easy that I asked them. And I'm not a police officer. Anyone can do it. Well, it turns out Jaden was at the home of two brothers, who, along with a friend, actually lured the teen to his eventual murder. At this house, there were the two brothers, Chere Omar Pascual Polanco, who was 26, and his brother, Carlos Pascual Polanco, who was 22. And they lived in that house, and they actually ran a fake social media account to run a fake marijuana distribution operation. Yep. Basically, these kids were, quote, selling weed, secretly, and illegally, from a fake account that had nothing to do with weed. Genius! So smart. How would they ever get caught? It sounds like, really, they were using it to sell weed, make some money, and then also probably, like, rob people, which is so dumb. So dumb. Also, because two men can't really do much of anything... They called in the third, Deshaun Smith, who was 24, and he also lived in Pittsfield. When Jaden got to the home that early morning, for whatever reason these guys thought was valid, they shot Jaden and killed him. We don't know why. There's no claims that they made that said, oh, we shot him because of this. We shot him because of that. We have no idea. They just literally shot him and killed him right there in their own home like fucking idiots. You want to get caught? That's how you do it. It wasn't until April of 2019, a little less than three months after Jaden's murder, that the brothers were arrested. Three months. And he was found dead at their home. Thought that was a little, you know, good police work. (laughs) We love our boys in blue. In September of 2022, with their trial being pushed around due to COVID, no doubt, Mm -hmm. as we all know, The brothers were actually tried together, which is very interesting. You do not see that very often. They were being tried for counts of first-degree murder, two counts of possession of a firearm without a firearm ID, also known as an FID, two counts of possession of ammunition without an FID, and possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. The trial was two weeks long, and during this trial, over 30 witnesses were called and it was actually revealed that the brothers and Deshaun Smith, this third friend, had been planning his murder over time. The unfortunate thing is it's not really clear why they were planning to kill Jaden. No idea. They didn't give any reasoning. The documents on these websites didn't give any clear reasoning. Why was he a Target? Were they using this social media account just for Jaden? Just for bringing him in? Who knows? Also, these three men were older than Jaden. He was 18. These were 22, 24, 26. Why were they in contact with Jaden? Why did they specifically target him if it was true that they were planning his murder over time? Right. Very weird. I don't get it. It's kind of strange. In the end, the brothers were both found guilty of first degree murder. Which, again, they were tried together, so I think that's very interesting. They were sentenced to life sentences without the opportunity for parole. Good. My thought is, though, like, if they were tried together, what if they got different sentences, you know? I'm sure that happens sometimes, or has happened before, but I wonder how they worked that out legally. That would be, ooh. Mm -hmm. But regardless, they were judged fairly, and convicted fairly, and sentenced fairly. Because fuck those guys. Deshawn Smith's trial happened exactly one month later, in October of 2022. And he actually pled guilty. So, not bad. That's good, good. He actually, because of this plea deal, his charge was dropped to manslaughter. And he also had charges of possession of a firearm without an FID, possession of ammunition without an FID, in possession of a firearm, period. And thanks to him pleading guilty, he was sentenced immediately, and there was no trial. You know, the family didn't have to go through what they always have to go through, which is this painful, detailed description of the body and the autopsy, and oh, he was found like this, and this awful, awful shit, which is great. Like, they've already went through enough. It's good that they didn't have to go through it twice with the brothers. And Deshaun Smith was sentenced to 15 to 18 years in state prison. Wow. Should he have gotten more time? Oh, yeah. I think that was just a part of the plea deal. And the fact that his charge was changed to manslaughter. That's definitely going to get you less time. Luckily for Jaden's family, they have answers and they have justice. But as we all know, does not bring anyone back. And it doesn't explain or answer any questions to why they did such a terrible thing so unnecessarily just an awful situation and i still can't believe it took so long for the police to arrest these brothers there must have been some legal holdup or something
1: there had to have been because otherwise how low who else would it have been like (laughs) literally there must have been
0: something going on with the case or the yeah. charges, whatever. There, there had to have been. Yeah. And this kid, he's so cute. Oh, my God. I totally would have had a crush on him. I was looking. You can find a picture of him um, on his, like, find a grave and all these websites. And he, it's like the same picture every time. And he's just, he's so handsome. He's got a real nice, like, edged cut, you know. He looks so handsome. Oh. I know. I felt so bad for his family and friends. And he's so young. Very sad situation. And to be lured there just on the promise of weed. Just weed. That's ridiculous. That sucks. Oh, my God. So sad. Now, Katie, I'm sure your story is also terrible. What do you got for us today? I will be telling you, Liz, as well
1: as our lovely listeners, about the murder of Shauna Renee Price. Oh. My sources today are NECN.com. WWLP.com and Web
0: Sleuths. Nice. And this case was also suggested to us by George S. via our website submission tool. Awesome. We never get submissions for case profiles, it feels like. Right, so this was great. Love it.
1: On December 26th, 1990, the body of 17-year-old Shauna Renee Price was found in Blunt Park in Springfield, Massachusetts. Ooh. A parks and recreation foreman had arrived for work early and came across Shauna's body. She was naked, and her body was described as being draped over a wooden fence near the park entrance. Oh. Just horrific. Yeah, it's terrible. She had been brutally beaten, strangled, and there was evidence of sexual assault. Yeah, it just sounds... I could tell just by the way she was posed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Her death was very quickly ruled a homicide. We know very little about Shauna herself, which is often how this goes. Mm -hmm. What we do know is that she was a mom to a little boy named Mark. She lived with her grandmother and wasn't attending school at the time, maybe because she was taking care of her young son. Yeah. Authorities were able to recover a single source of DNA, but as this was in 1990, things weren't as advanced as they were now. Sure. Authorities could tell that the DNA was from a male, and they saved this for future investigations. Nice. A year later, police revealed they had no suspect or even a motive in Shauna's death. It was also revealed that a month before her murder, Shauna had gone to the Ludlow police station and said that, quote, a man in a car wanted to kill her. Oh, shit. She was told that this would be investigated if she could provide more details, but it's unclear if anything ever came of her report, if she had more details to provide, or if they even looked into this further.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: In 2003, the DNA sample collected from her body was shared with local law enforcement, national and international agencies, including Interpol. Oh, wow. No results were found. Amazingly, the district attorney's office has very recently been able to use the DNA to make sketches of the suspect through Parabon Nanolabs. Wow. Parabon uses pretty cutting-edge technology to use DNA to explore new treatments for cancer and other diseases, go into genetic genealogy and, of course, DNA forensics. Nice. Originally, you would need a match in the system for DNA, which you guys have probably heard about where serial killers are caught decades later because their distant cousin sent in their spit to 23andMe or something. (laughs) Right, right. But Parabon NanoLabs uses DNA phenotyping, which uses someone's DNA to predict their physical appearance and ancestry. I covered the Barnstable John Doe on our 26th mini-episode. And Parabon Nanolabs used his DNA to make a composite image of his face for a missing persons poster, which was absolutely groundbreaking technology at the time. Yeah. Since starting this in 2018, Nanolabs have identified over 295 persons of interest. Wow. Wow. The sketches that they created showed the perpetrator of this crime, of the murder of Sean Renee Price, Mm -hmm. at roughly the age of 25 and the age of 57, to help with identifying him because you can't tell someone's age through DNA. Sure. Although they cannot determine BMI through this technology either, they were able to determine that the suspect is a male with a brown to light brown complexion, brown eyes, black hair, and possibly Latino Dominican Republic, African Caribbean, or African American ancestry. Hmm. There were other women murdered in the area that were later tied to serial killer Alfred Gaynor, and Shanna was originally believed to be one of them, but it's been proven that Shanna was not one of Alfred's victims and that the DNA found on her body is definitely unrelated, separate. Interesting. At a press conference after the sketches were released last year, District Attorney Gallini stated, quote, Let me be clear, to the person responsible for Shanna's murder, we have your DNA, we have your genetic characteristics, justice is coming for you. Shanna was a beloved mother, daughter, and sister. Her life was tragically cut short before she even reached the age of 18. Mm -hmm. Members of her family are here with us today. They have never forgotten her, and neither have we. To Shanna's family and to other families who have lost a loved one to homicide, we do not forget. It is our mission to seek justice for you and your lost loved one. We stand with you in your grief, we share in your loss, and we will be relentless in bringing those responsible to justice. Anyone with any information on the murder of Shauna Renee Price is asked to please call the Hampton District Attorney's Office at 413-432-9881. Wow. And that is the murder of
0: Shauna Renee Price. I just hate so many things about that, that A, it's unsolved, obviously. That she was 17. Ugh, and that her poor little baby had to go now his whole life without a mama. hmm That's terrible. Mm-hmm. And just the way she was left is so vulnerable and it's obvious that this person wanted to inflict the most emotion out of everyone, including her family, law enforcement. That's awful. It's depraved. To sexually assault someone, murder someone,
1: and alone is depraved. Yeah. To do that to a teenager, mm. to leave her body in that way draped over a fence. Yeah just a whole other level yeah a whole other level i just am always captivated by dna technology yes and for this to be so cutting edge Mm -hmm. i think that in the next couple years that technology alone is really going to help solve a lot of crimes i mean they've identified 295 persons of interest alone since 2018 that's awesome I really think that I hope to God that they find the guy that did this and that her
0: case is solved in our lifetime. God, I hope so. It amazes me what technology can do these days. Because my God, the fact that you can take a little tiny sample of DNA and tell me that this came from someone of Caribbean descent who probably had brown hair and this and that—that's crazy. That there's no way. I can't even. I can't even imagine that being a thing. Right. And for the Barnstable John Doe, they took his DNA and figured out what his
1: face looks like. Right. To put on a missing persons poster. It's incredible. Right.
0: And to go and create this image or this sketch of this guy at different ages. Genius. Really well thought out. Like, I hate to praise law enforcement, but really I'm praising this Paraben Labs because that's Absolutely fantastic. Really, really cool. Wow. Yeah, what I would not give to have this case solved. Oh, I know. The only shitty part about these DNA and genealogy organizations is that they're so expensive. Yep. Understandably. And so a lot of these cases go right under the rug because A, there's so many of them. And B, these smaller towns, they just do not have the money. And that's really unfortunate because, again, so expensive. Right. Absolutely. Especially cases like this where,
1: you know, you can't always depend on the family to, that would be a crazy thing to ask of a family. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you spend thousands and thousands of dollars on this technology so we can make a sketch of who we think killed your lover? Unreal. I, yeah where is the government funding? Let's get going here. Like, (laughs) I know we could be, I mean, we could be funding so much more, so much much more. Imagine
0: how many cases could be solved. So many hundreds of thousands. It's going to take a while. I have hope that someday they will be solved at more of a rapid rate, but while it's still developing, I think this is probably pretty typical. Yeah. But man, maybe someday, Her killer will be one of those 295 men. You know? It'll be more and more and more. And she'll have answers. Her family will have answers. Her son. Yeah. And even just at the press conference, too, how that guy
1: was saying, we are coming for you. Justice is coming for you. We have your DNA. We stand with you.
0: Like, that was really, really powerful. I love when officers or members of you know the attorney general however make those statements it gives you chills Mm -hmm. because it's like hey maybe there are some good people out there that really do fight for the people who need to be fought for right i love it oh man that poor girl her poor son oh well guys as always, we want to know what you think about these cases. And of course, we want to know if you have any cases that you can suggest to us for our case profile mini series. You can find us on Instagram at TrueCrimeNY. You can go to our website, TrueCrimeNY.com and go to our submission tool, send us that way. You can just email us at TrueCrimeNY@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feelings, or your own submissions as well. Yeah. If you go to our website, the website submission
1: tool does allow you to be anonymous for whatever reason. So that is always, always, always an option. I know sometimes with these cases, they hit very close to home, maybe sometimes in good ways, maybe sometimes in bad ways, but you can be anonymous. Absolutely. And if you're looking at a case and you feel like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of information, you know, Liz and Katie always cite their sources and there's three or four, Mm -hmm. sometimes two. If you're looking at a source and you feel like it's not enough information do not let that deter you Mm. send it to us anyway because you would be very surprised with what we have learned to do with just a little bit of information we can definitely get that story out there even if you guys don't hear us talk about it it'll be up on our instagram and our website so we are still getting them out there in some capacity just so we're not back at square one and not able to talk about it at all absolutely and with that we'll see you
0: on thursday bye goodbye